Hi, and welcome to the Bluff Church Podcast. Each week we bring you the Sunday message from the Bluff Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you like our podcast, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment and leave a review on your favorite listening platforms on iTunes or Google Play. Your review helps other listeners find our podcast. For more information about the Bluff, we invite you to visit our website at thebluff.church or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for the Bluff Church. If you live in the Poplar Bluff area, we invite you to come be a part of the Bluff on any Sunday at 1027 a.m. in the ballroom of the Holiday Inn. Now here's this week's message. Good morning. Um, if there's ever a message that could be critiqued, it actually could be this one. Good grief. I'm going to preach a message on not giving up on people. And there's so many weird applications <laughs> with that. You could take this message and apply it in ways that I didn't mean for you to apply it. Um, don't give up on people. I'm not saying that, you know, if you have this abusive man that keeps beating you up, they ought to go home and get beat up again. That's not, that's not the application of not giving up on people, you know? Um, if I say, hey, don't give up on people, you, should, hey, you believe you shouldn't give up on people? Yeah, shouldn't give up on people? And then you have this someone that creates this dependency with someone, and they just keep giving them, and they keep sucking all the resources because they're not, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, is that what we mean, not giving up on people or just giving you my resources forever, this dependency thing when someone's an adult? That, that's not what I mean. Or, or how, about, how about just someone that sucks the life out of you? <laughs> um, I, I, I call them leeches to my wife. I've had several leeches in my life that they just suck the life out of me. Uh, is, that, is that what we're called to do as Christians, just allow people to suck the life out of us? You know, suck all of our time and energy and joy? Oh, you know, don't give up on people. Is that, is that, so, so I, I'm, I'm starting with this right now to let you know that there are some applications that I don't mean. But there's a very, very real application I do mean because I look at the life of Jesus and I see that Jesus he stuck with people that everyone else would have given up on. And we have a tendency to give up on people very quickly. Someone, someone wrongs us at work, some coworker, and you go, and, or, or we label someone, you know, and, and they lied, they're a liar. And now they're a liar forever in your mind. You Cut them off. Or, or a family member who's the black sheep. That black, anyone have a black sheep in the family? Don't raise your hand. Yeah. Black sheep, you know, and it's like, boom, you're gone. That's the black sheep. And now, and now because someone's made a mistake or because someone didn't grow as fast as you thought they should, or because someone maybe comes from a different background and struggles in different areas that you don't really understand and you don't struggle with, you have taken that person and tossed them aside and you've given up on them. And I want you to know something this morning. Jesus, he believed in those that others gave up on. The woman at the well... Jesus goes over and he sits down with this woman 
who had been married five times and was currently living with a man who was not her husband. And Jesus has this long conversation with her because he didn't give up on her. I bet everyone else had. It's the type of person others might have given up on. Jesus didn't. I think of Zacchaeus, little Zacchaeus. <laughs> Poor guy, he's all these short jokes for years. A tax collector. In the ancient world, a tax collector worked for the Romans and would go into Jewish communities and lie about how much they owed and use the difference to line their own pockets. They were true traitors. Traitors. This was Zacchaeus. And Jesus went to his house that day. And Jesus sat with him and talked with him and, and gave him an opportunity and believed in him when others had given up on him. If this was the attitude of Jesus, I believe this should be our attitude as well. And so my message today is, I'm going to, it's two messages. I'm going to do one this week on don't give up on people, don't give up on others. And next week I'm going to talk about don't give up on yourself. And both will be beautiful messages out of the book of Philippians. And I went to this morning to look at Philippians chapter 1 as, as Paul writes to the Christians in Philippi and he writes he writes some beautiful words to them and really expresses how he believes in them. And my challenge this morning is if there are people in your life that you've given up on, if you've given up on some family members, if you've given up on a coworker, if you've given up on your neighbors, today I want to ask you to, to turn to them again and to not give up on them to be a support in their life. This doesn't mean you have to treat people like they're children. We treat people like they're adults. We don't allow them to beat us up or to suck the life out of us. We, don't, we can treat someone like an adult and yet not give up on them. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 is where I'll start. And I'm going to go through a few verses. I'm going to take this just a little piece at a time. And I want to just take it out and look at what Paul had and how he felt towards the Philippians. And I'm going to use that to describe how we ought to change our attitude for those that you might have given up on. Is everyone with me? Okay, let's do it. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I think these are beautiful words. As Paul is writing to, to the Philippians, the Christians in Philippi, and he's saying, you, do you want to know what I think of you? I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for what you have. I see good in you. And I am grateful that you share with me and that you are a partner with me in this whole Christian endeavor. 
Isn't that cool? You will not give up on those you are thankful for. You won't give up on them. And if there's a family member that you've been tempted to give up on, or maybe you have, and maybe you've tossed them aside and said, forget them. They've wronged me one too many times. I'm done with them. I want to ask you to take your eyes today and to ask yourself, do you see anything good in their life that you could be thankful for? Because that was the heart of Paul as he looked at the Christians in Philippi, he found something to be grateful for. I uh, served once with a wonderful woman named Chris. She, uh, she was so special. I had just uh, moved to Columbus. This was like 12 years ago. And, and I just got there, and I was still getting to know everyone. And so I, I started to pick her brain because she had been around the church for a long time. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is, is this lady's name... Uh, Irma or Elma or, or what, what is that? She goes, oh, you'll just love her to death. She is like this and this and this and this. I said, okay, okay. And, what, and her name's this. Okay, thanks. And then later I'd say, hey, uh, I was talking this. Do you think this person would be a great place to serve over here? Oh, you would just love him. He has the best family. I started to notice something as I would talk to her about other people. She only said really good things about everyone. And I thought, what's her problem? Don't, doesn't she know that in church we like talk bad about either, each other also? She never would. It, if anyone in the room would start talking bad about someone, she would immediately find something positive to say about them. Well, yes, but. Da, 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 da. And she, she, she was so uplifting. I found myself, after serving with her for a few months, I, I actually I would go in her room and I would talk to her about people that I would give up on quickly. Go, I... What in the world would you do with this one? I mean, come on. Like, oh, this one. She could see the good, and she was so grateful for people. She taught me so much. I would leave her office. Honestly, I'd go to my office, and I would pray, Lord, give me a heart like hers. Help me to see what's in other people that's good, because that's what I need. That's what you need. We all need someone that can see the good in each other, the good in us. We're going to, throughout your whole life, you're going to have people that beat you up all the time. There'll be people that talk negatively about you everywhere you go. And you know that. It doesn't matter who you are. People will slap you upside the head. And don't you long to find those people in life that look at you and they see potential and they see good? My parents are with me this morning. They came, they came in yesterday. I love having my parents in town. It's a little weird this trip. I said, so how long are you staying? They went, I don't know. I said, oh, this will be a weird trip. <laughs> okay. They don't know yet. <laughs> no, great. Have them in town. My mom went to school in Stockton, Missouri. There was a classmate a few years younger than her that had a horrible accident when he was younger. He's either nine or ten. My mother's never been sure, but she's always, she's always used this story as, a, as an illustration for me in my life. He accidentally shot his brother with a gun. Tragic. Killed his brother, younger brother. In a small town, 
Everyone knows you now as the boy that shot your brother, killed him. Recess was horrible for this young man. The other kids would come around and tease him and call him murderer. Murderer, murderer, killed your brother, murderer. They'd put him in tears. Kids are not the only ones that are cruel. Adults are pretty cruel too. (laughs) He's in prison today for murder. He grew up and murdered someone. Horrible, horrible death. always thought about how we sometimes will reach the potential that we're told to reach. We become what we're told to become. And when someone's expecting you to mess up, don't you know you do it? And when someone's expecting you to succeed and do something great, what do you do? And if there's someone in your life, whether it's at work or home or wherever, and you've given up on him, I'm going to ask you today to pick up the heart of Paul. Just pick it up. And decide, instead of giving up on him, I'm going to turn, and I'm going to find something to be thankful for, something something I can be grateful for, and I'm going to find a way in which I can be grateful that I have partnership with them, that we're together. Surely you are capable of finding something good to encourage someone with. Now, Paul not only found something to be thankful for, he does this every time, he also communicated it to them. He he wrote, I thank my God every time I remember you. And these Christians in Philippi are like, oh gosh, (laughs) really? Yeah, every time. I'm so grateful that you share in the partnership with me. I'll just ask you if you would, to turn to those you've given up on and at least give them a fair shake and ask yourself, do you see anything you can be thankful for? Next, Paul says this. He says, being confident of this. I love this verse. This is gold. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What? What what does he just say? Not only am I thankful for you, but I believe that God is working in your life and God is going to continue working in your life until he comes back. Imagine if you could see others not as finished products, but as a work in progress. And you could see that God is working in everyone's life. How much grace would you afford someone knowing that God is still working on them? Instead of giving up quickly, you might instead decide that you want to support them and encourage them and be there for them. Does anyone here start projects and you don't finish them? Anyone? A few hands went up. <laughs> oh, please, 
Would you do me a favor? Do not ask my wife what she thinks about me. <laughs> oh man, starting projects. You ever go in someone's house and there's all these projects everywhere and you can tell they, they haven't finished anything? Like you go in what, this room, there's like, this room's like a scrapbook room and all these scrapbooks are out and pictures are out and there's dust in all the pictures because <laughs> it's been out for a while, right? Yeah, no one's finished this. You go outside, there's a fence or something. It's like half done, half painted, half, half worked on. You go through the whole house and everything's just half done. The base, is yours the basement? Oh man, feel your pain, man. Feel your pain. All these half projects. You don't complete anything. God doesn't just wrap people up quickly. He doesn't work with projects he works with people and so he doesn't go through his house going oh here's bill bill is done oh here's sue oh sue's been angry at god because her dad died sue's done oh over here here's greg greg has an addiction problem he grew up in a terrible home but now he's a christian done finished okay i'll move on the next that's not how god works that's not how he works in your life, and that's not how he's worked in mine. And so we should not expect him to work in others just because they have wronged us or hurt us or frustrate us. We expect more of them. We have to realize that we are all a work in progress. He comes over and he's like, oh, here's Bill. Whew. Bill's going through a rough time right now. He's been having troubles figuring out these relationships. You know what? There's a men's study coming up in a few weeks. I'm going to put Bill down right here. I'm going to send some guys next week to talk with Bill. Not about his situation. It's just going to be kind of sliding by, trying to get him into that study. It's going to be good for him. Oh, over here, here's Mary. Yeah, Mary, you've just been really injured and hurt here. You know, this pain is really painful, but it's going to help you minister to someone else. I think I'm just going to set you down right here. I'm going to be back. I'm going to provide you a lot of comfort. You see, God, God works patiently with people. And there's times whenever you're going through life and you might be tempted to give up on someone, but this is what Paul says. He says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. How would that change how you viewed others if you saw them as a work in progress? That God's, because you don't give up. You don't give up on those God is working for or working with. Moving on, there's this next phrase of, of just deep love. I think if anyone else said this other than Paul, we might question whether or not they're being sincere. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about you, all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of of Christ Jesus. Whoa! What did he just say? I have you in my heart. You share this love, this God's grace with me. 
and God can testify how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Isn't that bold? You know how much love Jesus has for you? Yeah, that's how much love I have for you. Woo! This affection, that same affection that Jesus has, the affection that Jesus offers and affords us, that's the love I have for you. I love he even says this. You want proof that I love you this much? You want me to prove it to you? Can I get a witness in here? God will be my witness. I'll get God in here. Yeah, just go to him in prayer. God will testify. You don't believe me? Ask him. He knows. Just go to God and say, hey, God, how much does Paul actually love us? Oh, Paul. God will say, oh, yeah, yeah. As much as my son does. Paul had this great love for the Philippians. And I think that this great love ought to be something that we have for those in our life that we're tempted to give up on. Is there someone in your life that you've given up on? Probably there is. I'm going to ask you today to consider this, this truth. If you can't love those that are very difficult to love, how will you ever be able to understand God's love for you? If you can't love those that are very difficult to love, how can you ever understand God's love for you? It's so important. You have to place yourself in a situation where you know how, what it means to love someone that's it's hard to love them because, because they keep making mistakes and because I want them to grow up. I want them to quit being so immature and I want them to, I want them to be farther along than they are. Lord, teach me how to love. Teach me how to care and to have the same affection that you had for me. Teach me what that means. There is one person that was so hard for me to love. And um, it was really painful for me because this particular person was really sweet. It was nothing more than a personality thing. He just drove me crazy. Every time she'd talk to me, I'd go, something just gets under my skin. I don't have a reason. She was always so thoughtful to me. She'd always come over, and all of her pauses annoyed me. Is this bad? She'd come over and say, hi, Darren. Hello. Hey, I pause with people all the time. What's my problem? But there was something about this that was really driving me crazy about her. Anytime something bad would happen to me, she was right there to pray for me. And it would rub me wrong. Is that bad? It just, it was, it was a personality thing. It was, I don't know. It was, it was an opportunity for me to really question my own motives. What, what's going on here? What, what is my problem? Lord, teach me what it means to love. Teach me what it means to have affection 
you, you sent your son to die on a cross for me when I was sinning against you. Surely I can learn how to love someone who has odd pauses. You know? Like, what, what's our problem? Why do we give up on people so quickly when God has never given up on us? And not only does God love us, not only did Paul love the Philippians, but he shared this love with them. He let them know it. He didn't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, I like him from a distance. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel it. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Can I, can, I, can I rebuke some weird thought that's out there? Not everyone will agree with me here, but I'm right, okay? I am right about what I'm going to say. I know, have you ever said, well, I love them, I just don't like them? Don't ever say that again. It's not logically consistent, okay? Everything, you, everything you're saying that, because you're changing the definition. You change the definition. You're like, well, I don't like these things about them, but I love them. Well, yeah, but do you love the things about them? I mean, I mean don't, don't flip the definition in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> love is a greater form of like. Love is a greater form of like. And we, we have to. We have to like and love those around us, even those that drive us crazy. That's what we're called to do. As Christians, that's how they will know us, by our love. Share your love with others. Let them know what you like about them. Believe in them because you won't give up on those you love. Finally, I look at this last section. It says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Woo! I, over the years, I've asked for a lot of people for prayer requests. Hey, has anyone ever any prayer? I've never had anyone ask for this, ever. Not even close. Not even close to this. Anyone have any prayer requests? Yeah, my neighbor's dog's been sick. Neighbor, neighbor's dog's been sick. Okay, anyone else? Yeah, there's a person that I've never met, but I heard about <laughs> that's sick. Okay, a lot of physical things we pray for, don't we? We always pray for each other's physical well-being. But you look at what Paul prayed for. He prayed, he prayed for the depths of a person. He prayed for their true spiritual growth. He prayed that their love would abound in knowledge. Our love abound in knowledge and depths of insight. That's... I have a prayer request. I'm praying for my neighbor, Steve. I'm praying that his love would increase that it would increase and overflow to a point where he would have a new perspective on life. Wow. Has anyone ever made a prayer request like that? I haven't heard it. 
And, and he says, and, so that you can be able to discern what's best and pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Have you ever prayed for something like that for someone? Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. It's so poetic and beautiful. What, what a powerful prayer. And all of Paul's prayers look like this. Praying right into the depths of someone's heart and praying for spiritual growth to, to overflow for them to look like Christ and to understand their salvation. This was Paul's prayer. And he shared these prayers with people. He wrote them down, hear this, what would that do to you if you went out to the mailbox and you, you open up the mailbox and you look in, you pull it out and it's some letter from someone that hasn't sent you a letter before. What's this for? And you open it up and inside's a prayer. Hey, I just want you to know, I'm really thankful that you're in my life. I believe that God is doing great things in you and will continue. And I deeply love you. And I want you to know that I am praying for you. And this is my prayer. Whoa! What would that do to hear praying for spiritual growth, praying for myself? I think that, I think this is like, you can also, you can get away with saying a lot in a prayer. You know that? <laughs> If you ever sit down with someone and you actually pray with them, you can say so much that you can't say looking someone in the eyes. You can just pray your heart out and you can get away with it because they're stuck. It's in a prayer. <laughs> and you can pray some passionate things in people's lives. I think that we should not so much pray for people as we should pray with people. People need to hear our prayers. They need to hear it. Because in that, they're hearing what our longing is for them, what God's longing is for them. And they're hearing that they're not someone who's been thrown aside and given up on. They're someone who is being believed in. You will not give up on those you are praying for. If you're praying for them, you won't give up on them. Now, I share this message today as a great hypocrite. I have given up on people. I've given up. There have been times whenever I went, forget this. <laughs> I sat down with a man years ago and said, look, I have thrown my best resources at you. I have. The best men in the church have devoted so much time and energy and you, you've been involved in everything, and I found you the right counselor, and I, found, I, found, I think I've found everything for you. I don't have a clue what you need. I might be the wrong guy for you. I, this might be the wrong church. I, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I've, I've given up on people before going, I don't know, Lord. And, and maybe there's a time when we do knock the dust off our feet. Jesus said that too. Maybe there is a time when we, but boy, he stuck with so many. He stuck with so many, and he poured so much love into them. I think our tendency is to give up on people way too quickly. And so this is my challenge this week. If you've given up on someone, especially if that person is really close to you or should be, if it's a family member, or a coworker, or a neighbor, if it's really close, 
and you've given up on them. I want to challenge you this week to reach out again. To find something to be thankful for, to change your perspective, and to go, God's still working in their life just because they're not growing at the pace I want them to. Look into your heart and change your heart and start loving them again. And pray for them. And this week, do the unthinkable. Communicate this to them. Share with them that you believe in them again and that you're not going to give up on them. Because Jesus Christ never gave up on you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today and for giving us a chance to come here and to worship you, to hear your word, and to be challenged. <laughs> Lord, you are a God that's so full of, of irony. And one of the greatest ironies there is is the fact that we treat others the way we don't want to be treated by you. It's a horrible irony that's in our life. For you have every reason to cast us aside. And yet you empower us and strengthen us and work in us and uplift us. And, and so, Lord, I pray that we can have that same heart, with the same affection of Christ Jesus, that we would believe in others and that we'd be an uplifting group. We love you, Lord. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask our uh, elders to go in the back. And if there is someone on your heart that you'd like to be praying for, if you want prayer for strength this morning, I'd like to ask you to go back. And let's uh, use this as an opportunity to go to God in prayer. Let's all stand together. down on my